Hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, a brand new week. So glad you are here, hanging out with us. If you're watching it live, we appreciate you. You watching the 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 uh, what you call it, the the recording of it. Thank you for that as well. Um, we're actually doing this is something we haven't done yet, but we've talked about is we're on tw uh, Twitch. What is this? What is this thing? TikTok. We're on TikTok right now. We're doing the show live on TikTok. We do that from time to time. Just go live and do whatever. I'll just get out there and cook some food and, and do a TikTok live. But I think this is the first time we're broadcasting the show on TikTok as we do it, which is really not that big a deal because you can see it a hundred other places. But it would have been a big deal when we were recording the show if we had done it that way. But, you know, I'm always behind the ball on everything. Big Dave in the house already. What's up, my, my man, Big Dave? And also shout out to uh, Brandon Lee Moore, who is my Blunt County buddy. He's over here on, um, he's over here on TikTok as well. Check out in the bio or in the description of the video that you're watching, linktree.com slash Andrew McLean, who that's got all the links you need for anything and everything. Shout out to Vaporforge out on 280, who are sponsors of this show, proud sponsors. These guys are still rocking and rolling business as normal, so make sure you get out there and see them. 4673 Highway 280 East, right here in Birmingham, 205 874 9010 is their number. Make sure you tell them you heard it on Over the Line. And don't forget about Patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who four easy ways to give. Y'all know the drill on that. That link is in the link tree uh, as well in the bio. So hook that up. Several things I want to talk about. I need to talk about food shortages. I need to talk about this transportation crisis. And I need to just... I want, and I got COVID stuff too. I know, I know we get worn out on the COVID stuff, but it just, it keeps building and building and building and it keeps, it, it even, even in my personal bubble, in my realm, it keeps building. And, and as you heard, I think two Friday nights ago when I had P. Diddy as the guest host for Friday Night Live, uh, we talked about how his school is still forcing them to wear masks. These, forcing these children to wear masks, not just as they're running to and from class, not just as they're sitting in class. They're making them wear them at P.E., okay? And by the way, P.E. almost every time is outside, and they're making them wear them. When it comes to lunch, anyway, go, go back and watch it. I'll, I'll, I don't want to go through all those details. We're going to talk about uh, COVID, and I want to show you guys a comparison of how the most important people in our society, at least to keep our society functioning, treat the current president as opposed to the former president. And I want to compare and contrast those for you guys. I've got some video footage I'll pull up. Let me do this first because this is kind of important. It's been all over the news today. China is apparently... Testing hypersonic missiles. Now you're like, Andrew, what is a hypersonic missile? Well, it's the type of missile that apparently can travel the entire globe and then hit its target when it gets to the other side. Scary, scary, 
stuff. And apparently, apparently, our intelligence agencies had no idea that this was a thing. Completely caught off guard. Look at this. U.S. intelligence agencies were caught by surprise when China secretly tested a nuclear-capable, low-orbit hypersonic missile in August. According to the Financial Times, the weapon circled the globe before descending upon its target, missing by only about two dozen miles. It traveled the entire globe, and when it got to its target, it only missed by 20 miles or so. That's pretty daggum accurate. The Pentagon is aware China has been working on a hyperson- on hypersonic weapons technology and other advanced missile systems, unburdened by any of the armed control treaties that impede competing programs in the United States and Russia, but the August test, conducted without advance notice, warning, or publication, reportedly stunned analysts who thought the Chinese were much further behind in the orbital arms race. And that was back in August. What, what is our intelligence agencies doing? Are they, are they too worried about spying on Americans, sending the Fed boys out to nab up January 6th protesters in the middle of the night so we can throw them in solitary confinement for years on end? Is that, is that all the intelligence agency's been doing? Because it sure seems like it. It sure seems like it. And where do you think China got this technology? Where do you think China gets most of their technology? Well, you got it. They get it from us. They get that stuff from us. And then you think back to the military equipment, the weapons and everything else we've left in Afghanistan. Yeah, the Taliban and ISIS and everybody else will be using it, but guess what? ISIS and the Taliban, they want money too. They need money. And the Chinese were all already willing purchasers of anything they could get their hands on, so you better believe a lot of our equipment is going to go to China so they can then study it, dissect it, and figure out how to duplicate it. And then China is going to have Apache helicopters all over the place. They're going to have our weapons technology. Which, hey, maybe they don't need it. With these hypersonic weapons. Do you think... And here's the most amazing part. When Joe Biden was asked about that today, he said, well, we welcome the competition. What competition? There's no competition. We're not competing with them. Apparently, we're just letting them run roughshod. So that's a, that's a good reason for the bejesus to be scared out of you today. I just want to make sure everybody was aware. Uh, but let me talk about the food shortages. And some of y'all are seeing this. I would, I would dare to say most of y'all are seeing this in your grocery stores, in your Walmarts, and uh, whatever else, not to mention the prices, the prices that you're paying. You know what? We paid uh, Saturday for a bag of tortilla chips, just a regular old, you know, $3 bag of tortilla chips, $8, so I wouldn't be hungry during the football game. Just for the chips, I had to get cheese dip too. I also had to get a little Smokies. I had to make pigs in a blanket, all this stuff. Spin an arm and a leg. 
And that's fine. We here, we can afford to pay whatever we got to pay to make sure our family's fed. But what we should all be concerned about is those that cannot afford it, even when prices go up just a little bit. It's amazing how Democrat policies always seem to affect negatively the poorest among us. The ones that are poverty-stricken, the ones that are living in and around the poverty line are always the ones worst affected by Democrat policies. And this is no different, whether it's the food or the gas or whatever. How are these people supposed to f- afford to feed their family? You know, they're going to have to make an adjustment. They're going to have to, you know, uh, scrape by. They're going to have to feed their family with the bare minimum. And how are they going to get to and from work? And getting to a point they can't afford gas. How are they going to heat their home? When they start cutting the heater on, now that it's getting cold, what's going to happen after that first gas bill comes through? Or that first power bill comes through? And and their power and their gas bill sky high and they can't afford it. Here, here in Alabama, you think they're going to be able to contact Alabama Power and say, hey, I just don't have it. Can y'all please keep my lights on? They'll let you make payment arrangements, but they're still going to expect you to pay it within another month. Democrat policies, every time, always affect the most needy among us. And it's amazing because all they talk about is how that's who they're looking out for. But it never fails. It never, ever fails. Experts accept, expect to see average inflation of 5.25% in December, which is slightly down from the current maximum uh, predicted 5.4 figure, according to the Wall Street Journal. That That's probably pretty genu- uh, generous numbers. If inflation stays around its current level, Americans will experience the longest period during which inflation has stayed above 5% since 1991. They're already running damage control, and they're talking about, hey, this is just this is just the after effects of COVID. This has got nothing to do with pumping money that doesn't really exist into the economy and and uh, you know, giving people incentives not to work or anything like that. Well, it's bad. It's about to get real bad. And unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of the people that own the stores, that own the restaurants, they're going to suffer the brunt of this because they're going to get hammered by consumers who are mad at them because the prices are going up. And then those consumers are going to stop shopping there. They're going to stop dining at these restaurants. I'm not paying that for that sandwich. Not realizing that, hey, it's not their fault. I know several restaurant owners here in the area, and they're worried. They're very worried. And they're like, hey, just just pull for us, pray for us, because every day it seems to get worse. I mean, something as simple as, as cooking oil. Going up 50, 60%. You know, that's just one of a bazillion items they have to use on a daily basis just to operate a kitchen. So when you talk about the price of 
everything going up. Imagine what that does for them. And they can cut back on their own profits, but they can only do so much of that until it becomes not logical to run a restaurant, to run a business. And this is the case for almost everyone. Absolutely everyone. Speaking of excuses, I saw with Jake Tapper on CNN, Pete Buttigieg, who is the transportation secretary. Don't know if you knew that or not. He was given excuses for for why there is inflation and why the inflation is not that bad. That it's actually a good thing because it shows that we're coming back strong and the Biden policies are working in full force. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Secretary Buttigieg, thanks for joining us. We're seeing major supply chain disruption in the U.S. right now, causing everything from higher prices to longer waits for products. Moody's warns that these supply chain disruptions, quote, will get worse before they get better, unquote. Do Americans need to prepare ourselves for this to get worse before it gets better? Well, certainly a lot of the challenges that we've been experiencing this year will continue into next year, but there are both short-term and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Well, at least he's being honest, and he's like, hey, this is not going to be over anytime soon. We're going to be dealing with it probably well into next year. Look, uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side. It's the demand side. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans are buying. Uh, Could you imagine this Cabbage Patch doll being our president? Could you? I don't get listen. I don't guess it could be any worse. I, I don't need to do the comparison of well, at least it's not this guy because I can't really think of anybody worse to be in that position than than who we have right now. But Cabbage Patch Pete Buttigieg says, "Hey, this is a good thing. Look at all the ships on the shore. They got record number of of uh, of 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 items of of goods to bring into this country." That means we're consuming more. That means sales are up. So how does that help the situation? How does that help the prices? How does that help the supply? Instead of talking about it's a good thing that all those are out there, talk about why they're not in here. Why they're not on the ground. Why they're not on the mainland. He doesn't seem to want to talk about that. Uh, because demand is up, because income is up, uh, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. <laughs> he, says, he says sales are up because wages are up because the president has guided this country and guided this economy out of a massive recession. This is all thanks to Joe Biden. You know, you may think Paying 50% more for ground beef is a bad thing, but actually it's a good thing, says Pete Buttigieg. Now the issue is, even though our ports are handling more than they ever have, record amounts of goods coming through, our supply chains can't keep up. And of course our supply chains, that's a complicated system that is mostly in private hands, and rightly so. 
Our role is to be an honest broker, bring together all of the different players there, secure commitments, and get solutions that are going to make it easier. Mm -hmm. Many American companies, especially small <laughs> Here, Jake, yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody's buying that, Pete. Nobody. He, uh, Pete Buttigieg, is that guy on the Zoom meeting for your work that talks a little too long and you start dozing off, and then you wake up and you're panicked because you're afraid somebody saw you sleeping. Pete Buttigieg is that guy. He also went on in that interview, and uh, Jake Tapper, God bless him for asking these questions. You know. Because you don't get a lot of that on CNN. He's like, hey, you're catching some heat because we've got this transportation crisis here in this country. And you took a two-week vacation for maternity leave because you and your hubby just adopted two children. So do you think it's a good idea that you're... Taking off two weeks in the mid of a crisis that is literally affecting everyone. Get this done. Our future depends on it. This is the first time you've been on the show since you and your husband, Chaston, welcomed twins, Penelope and Joseph, into your family. Uh, you just returned from paternity leave, which Congress is debating right now. Some conservatives have been citing your experience in an effort to mock the very idea of paternity leave. Take a listen. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. <laughs> What's your response? As you might imagine, we're bottle feeding and uh, doing it at all hours of the day and night. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize to Tucker Carlson or anyone else for taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. The work that we are doing is joyful, fulfilling, wonderful work. It's important work. And it's work. Okay, yeah, it's, it's important for you. But what about what about the people that good Lord, what was that ad? <laughs> what about the people uh, that aren't having fulfilling lives? What about the people that aren't able to feed their families right now? Because you adopted two children, and hey, good for you. I'm happy for you. But what about the families that can't feed their kids? While you're at home bottle feeding yours, others can't even purchase milk for theirs. Because, one, they can't afford it, and two, they can't find it. They can't find it anywhere. Curtis says natural gas is going to be up 180% this winter. Now, how are these people going to stay warm? Pete Buttigieg is not going to invite them over to his house to stay warm. Come hang out with my premature children. Excuses. Excuses. If we had children... Most of us, and still had to go to work, we would probably figure something out. The wife would stay home, family members would help out, whatever. Pete Buttigieg has got all those things. But our job, the difference is our job wasn't something that regular Americans depended on. Our job is not taking 
food from the table when we're not doing what we're supposed to do. These people are disingenuous. They don't care about you. They don't care about the people that voted for them. And they certainly don't care about those that are less fortunate. Pete Buttigieg told you, I, my priorities are more important than what the American people need. It's a pompous attitude that runs deep in the Democrat Party. Every single one of them have that attitude. Joe Biden is a prime example. When he gets asked a semi-tough question, he won't even answer it. He'll say, figure it out yourself. If You're not a good reporter if you can't figure it out yourself. Because they live in this realm where it's just about them. It's about them and how you view them. That's all they care about. They don't care about your well-being. They don't care if you catch COVID a million times and die a hundred deaths. They don't care. Everything they do is fake. 100% fake. Speaking of fake, Dr. Fauci is again going back on what he said about hanging out with your family for the holidays. He initially said, listen, Christmas, Halloween, probably not going to be able to do it. We still got COVID and all this stuff, and it's, just, it's it's not a good idea. And then it got hammered for it, and he backtracked. He said, well, psh, I didn't say you couldn't have Christmas with your family. Of course you can. Just, you know, be smart about it. And now he's back to, well, you know, it's okay to have Christmas if everyone is vaccinated. But for your unvaccinated family, You know, they're probably going to have to eat Christmas dinner outside. Let's be honest. On the timetable that we spoke about. And and Dr. Fauci, lastly, we know the best way to keep safe is to be vaccinated. But what are your guidelines for the upcoming holidays? Will you be giving out Halloween candy? What do we do Thanksgiving, Christmas and the other holidays? Well, Martha, I believe strongly that particularly in the vaccinated people, if you're vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated, those who are eligible, and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible, that you can enjoy the holidays. We're going to give a pass to the kids, you know, for now, for now. But once kids get approved for the vaccine, then they can't come to Christmas until they get it. You can enjoy Halloween, trick-or-treating, and certainly Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your families. That's one of the reasons why we emphasize why it's so important to get vaccinated. Not only for your own safety, for that of your family, but also for the good Do you hear what he said? Do you hear that? That's why we stress the importance of getting vaccinated, because... That's the only way you're going to be allowed to have Christmas with your family. And Democrats, Dr. Fauci, they love this stuff. They love it because they know, he knows, there are tons of people out there that view him as a literal God. They have prayer candles for the guy. They pray to Dr. Fauci and are going to take his word no matter what he says. If he came out tomorrow and said, you know what? COVID's been a ruse. It's all fake. You know, I'm I'm sorry we did this. They wouldn't question it. They'd be like, man, that was a good one, Dr. Fauci. You really got us for two years. 
But they want this. They want division. They want your family members that do look at Dr. Fauci in that way to refuse to come to Thanksgiving and Christmas because they know uh, Uncle Earl, he's not vaccinated. And, of course, he's going to be there. It's dangerous. Dr. Fauci said so. Next thing you know, you got family infighting and everybody hates each other because of their medical status. I was talking to Trish. This was this was actually uh, ironic, and th- this this conversation started because of football. Um, everybody knows what happened at the University of Tennessee, which, by the way, is not that big a deal. Okay, this stuff's been going on for years. I think it makes football exciting, and thankfully nobody got hurt. I don't think it should happen, but anyway, um, to watch the reasonings flip flop from one side to the other of my body, my choice, then my body, my choice goes to the other side. And the left is against my body, my choice. They're all about freedom of choice. Freedom to get the medical procedure you want to do. Now the right is using that excuse. There's so many examples of one side using one slogan, one one phrase, one excuse for a particular issue, and it just going to the other side. And it ends up making both sides complete hypocrites. Now, there's no bigger hypocrites on the planet than the left, than the Democrats, but nonetheless, they go back and forth. And it's almost as if there's this large swath of the population that are blind... To the, the, to the hypocrisy that they are spewing. Because if they could see it, if they had any sort of self-awareness, they would stop in their tracks and say, wait a minute, that kind of goes against um, everything we said we believed in. Like everything. But they don't see there it. There is a mask requirement inside. I got this clip right here. This is... Uh, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, fielding a question from uh, Ducey, Peter Ducey of Fox News. Biden was apparently spotted at a restaurant over the weekend not wearing his mask. And Peter Ducey simply asking the question, hey, we're hearing about mandates, we're being hammered about masks. Why does the president feel like he doesn't have to wear a mask and this is what happened there is a mask requirement inside dc restaurants yet president biden and the first lady were not wearing masks while walking around a dc restaurant on saturday why well i think what we are referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten masks in hand where they had not yet put them back on yet so i would say of course uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But I don't think we should lose miss, lose the force through the trees here. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that, uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that... Okay, so it was a simple miscommunication. It was just taken out of context. He wasn't walking around the restaurant without a mask on. He was sitting down. He was eating, and for a brief moment, he did what 
we're we're allowed to do by the government. You're allowed to take your mask off and take a bite. In some states, you have to put your mask back on and chew, but for the most part, you're able to pull your mask down, eat, have dinner with your family, and then put your mask on. That's obviously, according to Jen Psaki, that's obviously what he was doing. So I decided to go to the tape and see exactly what this footage Peter Ducey is talking about, what it actually shows, and here's what we see. Joe Biden. Oh, there's Jill. What? What? Wait, she's walking through the restaurant with no mask at all. There's creepy Uncle Joe right behind her. Oh, 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 neither one of them have a mask. Now, their Secret Service agents are masked, but why is the president and the first lady walking through the restaurant, walking past vulnerable Americans without mask? How could he do such a th- How could he put the public in danger in this manner? Let's see if Peter Ducey addresses that. Don't reflect overarching policy. It was not just exiting the restaurant, though. He was walking through the restaurant with no mask on. There is a carve-out for uh, people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking. So I'm just curious why the president was doing this. I think I just addressed it, Peter. Okay. <laughs> so in other words, she, she doesn't have an excuse for why Joe Biden was doing it. Joe Biden was in the wrong. He's not going to take responsibility. I've, I've never seen... I've never seen a president refuse to take responsibility as much as this one. And maybe that's just because there's so many things he needs to take responsibility for that it seems like a lot, and it's been all crammed so far into just nine short months. But every day there's a new crisis, and these crises, these crises are created by the Biden administration. They've created this stuff, and then they pass the buck off to somebody else. They're creating a a COVID crisis in this country. The COVID crisis they claim to be fighting, that they claim you are perpetrating because you won't get vaccinated or you won't wear a mask, they're actually perpetrating it. They are attempting, I don't think they are yet, but they are attempting to make the COVID crisis worse. And it's obvious because the people that are going against what the White House is saying have the lowest COVID numbers. Officially, as of today, the state of Florida, the same Florida, the same governor that they were calling Death Santas because of his... No mask, no problem, no vaccine mandate. Because of those rules, they were calling him Death Santis. Florida now has the lowest number of COVID infections and COVID deaths per capita in the entire country. They are dead last. But the people that are following the people that are listening to the White House and doing what they're told by their dictatorial leader, those are the people that seem to be struggling with it the most. These Biden administration rules and policies will create more COVID panic. You don't believe me? Look at the border. 
there was an ICE whistleblower who just came out and said that there's at least 16,000 COVID-19 positive migrants being released into the U.S. 16,000, not not 16,000 migrants, 16,000 migrants with positive tests for COVID-19. And they're not just shoving them into Texas, bringing them across the border and cutting them loose. They are actively spreading them around the country. They're loading them on buses. They're loading them on planes and just dropping them off in all 50 states. Saying, here you go. Here's some money. Here's a hotel room. Get it together. Figure out what you want to do. You're now citizens. Go spread your COVID across this great state. And you'll see, if we ever get the numbers, you'll see that red states are going to be the ones receiving the most COVID-19 positive migrants. It's chaos. Now, you ask yourself, well, why would why would the left want COVID to make a resurgence? Well, for obvious reasons, they'd love to see it make a resurgence in red states. But why, why do they want it all over the country? Well, all you have to do is go back and look how they benefited from COVID just last year. What happened on November 3rd, 2020 was a direct result of COVID-19. Changing the rules of an election at the last minute was done under the guise of COVID-19. We can obliterate the Constitution. We don't have to go through the legislature. We'll just go to some activist judges, get them to change the election laws last minute, allow mass mail-in voting, no signature verification. We'll use COVID as a reason to keep poll watchers six feet back and then ultimately kick them out when they start asking questions. We'll keep the public away, keep the counting out of the view of the public because COVID. Now they know, thanks to Joe Biden and that administration, that they are in deep, deep doo-doo for these midterm elections. A year from now, we'll be voting in the midterm elections. And if they don't create a way to keep the rules changed or change them again, they will get obliterated in every race. They know it. They're seeing the let's go Brandon chance. They're seeing the large numbers of people booing and flipping the president off every time he goes visits visit the city. They know. They see Joe Biden's poll numbers plummeting. They see the polls that say only 25% of Hispanics in the U.S. approve of Joe Biden's handling of the country. They know their only way they're going to win and continue to be able to push the policies that they want to push, the radical policies of the left, the socialist policies of the left, is to do what they did in November of 2020. And I don't have to tell you because they'll rip me off social media for saying it, but y'all know what happened. 
They've got to do it again. They found their golden goose. It was a golden opportunity. COVID-19 is no enemy of the Democrat Party. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. Because they were able to defeat a presidential candidate that had a 0% chance of losing. They beat possibly the most popular, especially when it comes to job performance, presidential candidate in history, thanks to COVID. You remember how they used to say, this is the new normal, this is the new normal. Because they want it to be the new normal. They want it to stay. They want your life to be the life you've lived over the past year and a half, two years. That's what they want. All they've got to do is take what they did in 2020 and duplicate it for three or four elections. And guess what? This country's fundamentally changed and will never go back. That'll be it. The Democrats will own this country. They will own you. They will own the curriculum that your kids learn in school. They'll own every aspect of your life. You'll be living paycheck to paycheck, not finding food on the shelves, driving a bike to work. If you don't have an electric car, you'll all be vegan because they got rid of all the cows because cow farts cause global warming. That'll be your life. If they get their way. Now, they may have another trick up their sleeve. I've always bragged about how I know the left like the back of my hand and their playbook is very repetitive. I didn't see COVID coming. And I didn't see them taking advantage of COVID on the scale that they did for the election. But don't be surprised to see them create another crisis that will then allow them to acquire 81 million votes for a very unpopular presidential candidate. Because they'll do it. It's not beneath them. The lying and the scheming and the fraudulent tactics are not beneath the Democrats and never have been. In every election, anybody involved in politics will tell you this. In every election on a federal level and especially in presidential races, Democrats spend their time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears on skirting the system. Bending and breaking the rules to their advantage. Republicans spend their time and energy, blood, sweat, and tears on stopping said breaking of the rules. And the Republicans have never done a good job at it. They really screwed the pooch on this one. But that's the way Washington and politics operates. It has for a long time. And they've ramped it up to a level like we've never seen. Let me get back to COVID real quick. I, I, I'm only bringing this up because I thought it was funny. So the uh, Washington Post editor by the name of Ruth Marcus, she put out a tweet, and she's she looks like a lovely lady, doesn't she? Check her out right there. She posted a tweet uh, talking about a, an interaction she had on the elevator in 
Madison, Wisconsin. Here's what she said. By now I should know better, but I get in an elevator. It stops on a lower floor. Man steps in, unmasked. Sign in the elevator says mask required. Me, getting out of the elevator, I say, you know, it would be really nice if you wore a mask. The man said back to me, I don't care what you think. (laughs) And then she says, America 2021. It's a rule, a county rule. Face coverings required among people ages two and older when when in any enclosed space open to the public where other people except for members of the person's own household or living unit, are present. She was shocked at the audacity of this guy to be in an elevator without a mask on. And unbeknownst to her, since masks don't work, I mean, she really puts herself in danger anytime she's in a small area. (laughs) Some of these... Some of these responses to the tweet, though, was absolutely precious, and I think this was the best one. Uh, This lady said, this is strong hole monitor energy. (laughs) Another person said, are you okay? Another one says, but your mask and your vaccine protect you, or do they not? Corporate journalists are a bigger plague on America than COVID. That is 100% correct. I mean, I don't care what you think is not just America 2021. It's been America since 1776. This country was literally founded on rebellion against tyranny. Tyranny. Liberty is prioritized here. Some guy commented as if he was the guy on the elevator saying no regrets. And I'll say it again if you get in my elevator again. Man, what a miserable life to live. That you have to live your entire life afraid of COVID. On that level, you could not be a functioning member of society. You'd be miserable every single day. Running from an invisible virus. Having no sense of, of, uh, of any sort of logical thinking. It's got to be exhausting. I've always said being a liberal has got to be one of the most exhausting things you could possibly be. Because you've always got to be on the search of something that's holding you back, holding you down. You've got to be scared of every bump, every scrape, every uh, every uh, uh, molecule that's sprayed out of a person's nose when they sneeze. You're afraid of everything. You're afraid of free speech. You're afraid you might end up in a situation where you don't have a safe space. Think about that. But when you couple COVID-19, the craze of COVID-19, the mandates of the vaccine, with the Biden inflation, as we're calling it, the transportation crisis, it's only going to get worse, and you can only come to that conclusion because not only are we losing products on the shelves, not only are the products there getting to a point that the prices are sky high, but vital, and I would dare to say, um, 
necessary employees are quitting their job. They're quitting their job because they refuse to take a vaccine that they're not comfortable with. And they're not going to be strong-armed into it. They're not going to be forced by a government that if they're not a tyrannical government, they sure are acting that way. These are essential employees that are giving up careers because they're not going to allow you to do what you're trying to do. And that is invade and strip away their freedom to make their own medical decisions. Southwest Airlines, we've talked about that over the past week. Employees are outside the headquarters. I think this is in Texas. Uh, Southwest headquarters in Dallas, yeah. Today, protesting the company's vaccine mandate, holding up signs and chanting the ever-so-popular Let's Go Brandon. Here's some of the footage. And this right here... This just think about what these people are having to go through and how hard it has to be for them to give up their career, to jump into a realm, into a reality where they don't know where their family's next meal is going to come from. There's a lot of us out here. That would just bite the bullet and take the vaccine. And I don't blame so I don't blame y'all for it, okay? You do have to prioritize your family over some things. I've talked to many people that listen to this podcast that found themselves in that same situation. They're like, man, I am distraught. I'm sick by this, but I can't let go of my job and risk not being able to feed my family. I don't look down on anybody for that. But I just want you to understand the bravery of these people who are, in fact, taking that risk to stand up for what's right. No jabs for jobs. Just that sign. Said no jabs for jobs. I like it. That's catchy. We go on down. Let's see what else we got here. Um, there's some more videos from Dallas, Texas. Here's another one. It looks like Real America's Voice is the one covering this stuff. Uh, but you can see the sheer number of employees that are outside their, I guess, current and possibly soon-to-be former employer's headquarters. It just goes and it goes and it goes. What else we got? Uh, I think there's three or four videos here. Here's another one. Let's go, Brandon! <laughs> Let's go! This is what I love about Let's Go Brandon is the fact that everybody can be involved in it. I gave you the example on the last episode about how 
it sucks because, you know, I can't let my kids say F Joe Biden. But he sure as heck can say let's go Brandon. So you've got that going on. You've got tons and tons of people quitting their jobs for the airlines, refusing to work. Because they are not being given a choice. And by the way, I don't know if you heard Chuck Schumer's, uh, his his solution for all of this is we're hemorrhaging airline workers. He's like, bring in the dogs. Which, by the way, can I say had racial overtones when I first heard it? I thought, well, what does that mean? He's like, well, if we're running out of people to work the airlines and TSA, we'll just use like bomb sniffing dogs or something. <laughs> These people... These people are totally out of touch. But the airline workers leaving their jobs over this is not the scariest part. The one that should scare you is the fact that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of police officers are giving up their positions because they refuse to to abide by this vaccine mandate. Let's take Chicago, for example. The union president, the police union president, who's on the side of police, is estimating 3,200 Chicago police officers that are defying the vaccine reporting rules. So Chicago has created this database where the officers are required to enter their vaccination status. They're required to give their medical information to the city of Chicago. And I don't know why there's no talk of healthcare privacy, HIPAA laws, everything. I don't I don't know why nobody's talking about a city, a governmental organization requiring you to give them your medical history. But these police officers, even though they have not yet quit their job, they're saying, I'm not putting my medical information into this database. You're just going to have to fire me. And according to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she's got every intention of doing so. The unofficial number we have is about 3,200, so about a third of the department, according to the union president. The police union had told the news outlet that the rules should be null and void because city officials didn't negotiate with the union. He said if they refuse, it sounds like they're going to go into a no-pay status effective immediately. All of those things are a change in your employee in employment policies. You have to negotiate with us what that looks like. The city has refused to do that. The union's saying, hey, let's talk about it. Let's find a middle ground. Come talk to us. Negotiate. Lori Lightfoot in the city of Chicago is like, eh, there's nothing to negotiate. We're putting these rules in place, and if we lose police officers, you know, homicides will probably quadruple in a matter of a couple weeks. But, uh, you know, The vaccine, the vaccine. We got to get the vaccine. Speaking of the vaccine, I'm sure you guys have heard this already, but the late, great 
And towards the end of his life, very politicized, Colin Powell has passed away. He passed away from COVID-19 complications. He was also 100% fully vaccinated, according to his family. Now, I'm not like the liberals. I'm not like the progressives. And I'm not going to run around and cheer and say, oh, I told you about the vaccine, blah, 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 because I do think the vaccine works. I just don't think it works in the way that it's being sold to by the sold to the Americans by the government. And this is an example. This is a very accomplished man throughout his life. And granted, he was 84 years old. And if you contract COVID at that age, especially if you've got some sort of uh, bloodstream cancer or whatever Colin Powell had, it's going to hit you hard. And you probably won't make it. But if we run off the data, the data, that's Dr. Fauci, the data that we're constantly told, Colin Powell would still be with us today. That's a contributing factor to why people aren't getting the vaccine, but one of the main factors is the side effects that we continue to see. And where we were so adamant about reporting COVID-19 deaths, even when it was not a COVID-19 death, we were concerned with getting that number high, high up there. The COVID-19 vaccine deaths, that number's getting larger and larger. And people know it. People are seeing it. People are seeing horrible adverse effects. And granted, in the grand scheme, when you take the total number of vaccinated people, it is a very, very small percentage. But if you have no reason to fear COVID, why take the chance? If you've already recovered from the virus and you have seven times more protection than a vaccine's going to give you, why take the chance? We rolled this vaccine out in a matter of months. People started taking it willy-nilly, trusting the government, trusting these mega big pharma companies that can't seem to cure some of the world's oldest diseases and that we know are in it for the money, we just snatched it up and started stabbing stabbing ourselves in the arm. We're told to do it by Dr. Fauci, which is the person that is responsible for COVID-19 even being created. This all comes around full circle, and it should start clicking with people, and I think for a lot of people it is. And that's why you see the pushback on the mandates. If you would have never brought up a mandate in the first place, you would probably have some of these people that are against the vaccine or against them taking it themselves, they'd probably be a little more open-minded about it. But they know a tyrannical government when they see it. Now, when it comes to police officers first responders there is a stark difference 
in how they treat the current president compared to the former president. And the Daily Caller put together this little three-minute video, and it shows, it shows how those first responders, whether it's those that are not taking the vaccine or those that are taking the vaccine, how they view the very different leadership styles of the two presidents in charge. Watch this. You're a mud for what you did to Afghanistan. Terrible, terrible. Don't sniff them. Terrible. Masses, masses of people showing up when Joe Biden comes to town, but not for the reasons he'd like. Flipping him off. Screaming, let's go, Brandon. Everybody hates this guy. Don't jump. Don't jump. Don't jump. And the other part is his pompous attitude of responding to these people. He literally mocked the guy yelling at him like the guy was about to commit suicide. Like he was about to jump off a belly. Don't jump, don't jump. Instead of trying to build a bridge with these people that hate him so bad, he mocks them. He takes shots at him. And Joe's always done, he's always been that kind of guy. He does not take criticism well. But it's gotten worse. It's because the criticism has multiplied times a billion. But it gets worse and worse. He's easily agitated. He can't answer the simplest questions. And the hatred for this guy, the disdain for this guy, and the disapproval of the job is growing by leaps and bounds. Fantastic job by a really great young man wow. who's got a big future, and uh, we we're just honored. We we're just Trump. honored. Thank you. We want Trump. We want Trump. That's what everybody's saying in the audience. I don't think you hear that back home. Everybody's screaming right now. The people are going nuts.
you're a disgrace to the Catholic faith. Joe, you're a disgrace to the Catholic faith. Joe, you're a disgrace to the Catholic faith. Joe! A chorus of boos rained down on Biden and his supporters on the last stretch. Still, Biden kept smiling. There you go. Biden has been hated for a long time. The people in Washington, D.C. hate the guy. There was an interview today. I can't remember the, the guy's name. Gates, Bob, Bob Gates, is it? Um, he said, Joe Biden's been wrong on every foreign policy decision he's ever made. Everyone. He's been in politics for 50 years. And he's been wrong every single time. So the Afghanistan debacle, nobody should be surprised by. But I think for a lot of people, that was the nail in the coffin. They were done giving Joe Biden a chance. There's too many people in this country that know somebody who has had a life-altering injury or have lost their life in that war on terrorism. And they feel like it was for what? For this fiasco, for you to leave Americans behind? People hate him, dude. They hate him. This is not some anomaly you're seeing at college football games, at concerts. It's everywhere. It's everybody. Watch this interaction right here. Uh, Joe Biden, the, the first part of this clip is Joe Biden responding to... I guess a question about what do you think about all these people that are chanting F Joe Biden? Does that bother you at all? Does that not concern you a little bit that this much of the, that the this many people in this country hate your guts? What I'm thinking about today is what these people who, and I've got a piece of, small piece of, one of the beams they have, they gave me last time, or not last time, but how many times ago. What, what are the people who died? What would they be thinking? They think this makes sense for us to be in this kind of thing where you ride down the street and someone has a sign saying F so and so, or, so, I mean, do we have And then it goes into more uh, FJB chants, and it's it's over and over and over and over. It never ends. It never ends. And people aren't people aren't even remotely letting up on it. It's week after week, sporting event after concert, over and over and over. And they get it. They know. That's why going back to the COVID thing. That's why they're spreading COVID-infected migrants all over this country. They need COVID to stick around because they are not going to survive a freaking election at this rate. It's bad. It's real bad. No president, I don't even think any politician at any level has gone from being one of the most popular, the most popular, to being the most hated in that short amount of time. 
If you would have told me Joe Biden would accomplish that, I probably wouldn't have believed you. I said, yeah, he'll become the most hated, but not, not in nine months. That's way too fast. But somehow Joe's accomplished it. That's why we say on this show, don't say Joe hasn't done anything. He's brought this country together to all sing on one accord. Let's go, Brandon. And we will keep saying, let's go, Brandon. Until we can't say it anymore. The government will eventually strip that away from you as well. Guess what? They're already doing it in Canada. Canada announced that the people of their country are no longer allowed to say, let's go, Brandon. They'll throw you in jail. They'll throw you in uh, one of the COVID happy camps. That's our neighbor to the north. You don't think that could make its way here? That's communism. That's, that's skipping over the step of socialism and going straight to CCP, Chinese Communist Party communism. They would love that. They would love to literally ban the phrase, let's go, Brandon. The attempts are coming. Just watch. Man, I got to get out of here. Thank y'all for watching and listening to this episode of Over the Line. Do me a favor. Make sure you're following us on Twitch at OTL Show. Hook that up. Also, like and comment on the videos as you watch them, whether it's Twitch or it's Rumble or you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of that stuff. Hook it up. Link in the in the bio. Link in the description. Linktree.com slash Andrew McLean. Who? Hook that up, and we'll be back Wednesday with a brand new episode. Until then, see you, cuz.